And welcome to it, the Puro Pelka podcast. It is the 1st of June, and we were waiting, waiting, waiting to do the podcast because we were hoping to get the verdict in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. And we got it. And now we're just waiting for Wendy Patrick to join us to discuss it, our attorney friend who's also a prosecutor and a great writer, public speaker, will be joining us any second now. Before uh, Wendy gets here, let me just look at this day. June 1st, we are done with five months. Now the, the first half of the year is almost over. And on this first day, I know a lot of people are going, oh, it's Pride Month. I don't care. I don't care. Do we have straight Pride Month? No, we don't. I wish we'd just stop with all this stuff. Just accept everybody and stop forcing yourself on all of us. We're cool with you. Just don't indoctrinate the kids. But June 1st is also National Olive Day. May I suggest a martini today? Very dry with two or three olives. Get your vegetables in there. Also, on this day back in the day, the last Ford Thunderbird rolled off the assembly line in 2005. Uh, I was a fan of the early Thunderbirds. Not the, not the 60s, the mid-60s and 70s Thunderbirds. And even the retro version they tried to revive before this one faded out. Yeah, the early ones were the best. Let's face it. This is also the anniversary of the... Uh, First automatic pop-up toaster introduced by the Waters Genter Company out of Minnesota in 1926. And that began the uh, problem of people sticking forks into toasters and getting electrocuted, right? Sure. That's what happened. Yeah, I'm sure that happened. Uh, but uh, it's also the first written mention in history in 1495 of Scotch whiskey being noted and it was it was noted by friar john core of scotland he was the distiller so if you're a whiskey fan a scotch fan thank friar john core on june 1st maybe you should have one uh we'll get into uh, some of the other news also we're going to have a little bit of a wellness wednesday with dr Royzen coming up but first we have to get to our friend wendy patrick because the news finally broke today Johnny Depp wasn't even there. I want to find out if it mattered, if anybody cared. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard suing each other for defamation. Sounds like he came out on the uh, on the positive end of things. We'll find out. Wendy Patrick, welcome, my friend. Were you surprised by any of this? Absolutely not by any of it. You know, Mike, you and I have long predicted this is going to be a wash. It's like that scene from Fletch, give each other $20. It's the same type of sort of dueling uh, verdicts as it was the dueling lawsuits. Is it's everybody owes everybody money when you say things that hurt somebody else's reputation. And this jury apparently felt like both parties did that. Now, one thing I was, a well, maybe a bit surprised about is the difference in financial responsibility. So they basically said, Amber, you pay Johnny more than Johnny, you pay Amber. So it was kind of like, you know, uh, maybe respective amounts of fault were determined through the verdict. That seems to be the, the case. Or, Mike, I was thinking about this, you could almost interpret it as, well, who had more money-making potential to lose? Clearly the answer to that is Johnny Depp. 
So it's interesting without actually, you know, kind of cross-examining the jurors, which we can't do about why they voted the way they did, to try to figure out what their thinking was behind the different verdicts. But what I'm not surprised at is the answer was a pox on both your houses to some extent. Yeah, but it still seems to me, now correct if, if I'm wrong, Johnny Depp gets $10 million and then $5 million kind of in the punitive part of it. And Amber Heard wins one counterclaim for $2 million, but that pretty much was going after Johnny Depp's agent. I, I'm hoping that Johnny Depp would pick up the tab for that, that the agent doesn't have to pay that. But isn't there some kind of local limit that tops all of this off at like $300,000? Well, and the judge did impose that. You know, sometimes a jury can speak through large verdicts only to have a judge cut them down to really make them comply with the law. But I don't really think this case was about the money, Mike. I think it was about Johnny wanting to clear his name. In fact, he said as much right at the beginning of the of the case where he said, you know, look, this is the kind of thing that I'm not going to let hang out there. It hurt my my earning potential. It cost me my role in Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, he was very, very clear as to what his motivation was. You and I talked earlier as to whether or not we thought that this verdict is going to help the careers of either of them. But I have to say, you are the first one to say there's no such thing as bad press unless it's your obituary. And if that's true, then I don't think it's going to be really a wash for either of these actors. I think, if anything, it put them both back on the map. Yeah, but I think he's on a better part of the map, you know, and location, location, location. Uh, Johnny Depp it was overseas in the UK and said, quote, the jury gave me my life back, close quote. And I, I, I think that's a that was a classy way to respond to this. Uh, again, he was awarded 15 million in punitive and compensatory. The judge reduced the punitive damages to the Virginia maximum of three hundred fifty thousand. So he actually will receive the compensatory of ten million three hundred fifty thousand less the two million that Amber Heard is gonna get. So he still looks like he's gonna come out on the uh, on the positive here with about eight point three five million. Not a bad result. Well, on the positive side of the map, like you just said, on the positive side of the map, but not the map. You really hit the nail on the head when you said it seems like. He's in a much better position, I would almost say, like socially in the court of public opinion. And, Mike, how do we know he was confident about the verdict? So Amber was waiting in Virginia. He was off. He was on stage in the U.K. rocking out with some performers. I mean, he wasn't even waiting around for the verdict. So you could see that one of two ways. You could argue, well, gosh, he was pretty confident it was going his way. Maybe he got a good read on those jurors. Or you could argue that he probably didn't have as much writing financially on the verdict as having the world hear his story. Why do I say that? Remember, he's the one that wanted the press filming that trial. He wanted this showdown to go down in front of the cameras. He wanted people to see basically the story that he had to tell, and he accomplished all of that. So he probably thought it was a win just to get through those six weeks of testimony. Yeah, it, it was fascinating. And uh, I will I will admit to everybody listening, I was initially not a fan of this being so public. And now that we're through it, I see the benefit. I see the, the lesson that's here that Judge Judy often says. It's not only about 
the women in these relationships. The men can be abused, too. And now we have the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp uh, suit and countersuit settled. Whatever will we talk about tomorrow, Wendy? I'm sure something will pop up. Bill Cosby. Remember, that suit just started. Oh, oh, that's right. It's a civil, yeah. civil suit, is it not? <laughs> That's right. So that's what we'll talk about next. What do you think? Okay, I'll I'll do my homework. Behaving celebrity to another. I will do my homework. I'll read up on this one. You and I will connect as soon as something happens. Uh, Her name is Wendy Patrick. Follow Wendy. She is all over social media. Great stuff in psychology today. I have your next psychology today tip for you, Wendy, before we get out of here. Fexting. Do you know what fexting is? I think so. It's something that uh, Joe Biden does with his wife. That's right. That's very. And I want to know how big this is. It's fighting via text. So you don't want anybody to hear you. If only Johnny Depp and Amber Heard had been fexting, it might not have been as expensive. Wendy. We'll, okay. <laughs> well, we'll talk about all this in the future. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thanks, Mike. It's a new month. It's a Wednesday. That means we get our buddy, Dr. Michael Roizen, to spend a little time with us so we can talk about health and wellness. And uh, we can also put in a plug for Dr. Roizen's soon-to-be-released new book, The Great Age Reboot, Cracking the Longevity Code for a Younger Tomorrow. I cannot wait for this. It is just a couple of months away now, September 13th. The book drops. You can order it ahead of time. We're going to talk about it all the time leading up to it. But right now, we've got the man himself, Dr. Michael Royson, joining us. Hello, Doc. It's good to be here. Thanks, Mike. I'm glad you are here. Um, A couple of things I want to get to your list this week. By the way, um, this is a behind-the-scenes radio thing. Uh, Dr. Royson sends me this list of health topics every week. You kind of reordered it this week and gave me categories. And it's very helpful to people like me to have stories blocked in categories so I can focus a little bit. So I like the new format, Doc. But before we get into that, um, there was a, a big freak out a couple days ago about strawberries. People were being told, if you have strawberries, if you bought them at Walmart or Trader Joe's or a couple of other places, you didn't need to get rid of them. Um, I thought those strawberries were sold in like April. I, why are we telling people in uh, the end of May to throw out strawberries that were sold in April? They don't last that long. No, they don't, but people um, will eat them even when they're a little older, or they'll freeze them. And um, usually, uh, freezing will kill a virus, um, or at least uh, make it much less able to propagate, unless the virus obviously can go and live off the, um, if you will, the the fruit and the water that is in the frozen vegetable or fruit, which in this case they can live off of. Um, And what happens is when you get some contaminated, um, and we don't like to say this, but the largest cause of contamination is from uh, what we call fecal oral meaning something in your in someone's feces or an animal's feces got on the fruit and wasn't thoroughly washed off. So you normally get to wash it off. 
but somehow this is still propagating on those strawberries. You eat the strawberries and you're likely to get, um, that is, they're infected with hepatitis A. And that virus loves to get into your intestine and propagate um, more. And that's huh. how it has stayed alive. And uh, so we, if you visit countries where this is common in the water supply or in the um, less than pure food, um, it, uh, you often will get vaccinated against hepatitis A. But most Americans are not uh, vaccinated against it. So we get a liver inflammation. That liver inflammation can be so severe as to cause liver failure. So uh, that's why um, we worry about it. Okay. Yeah, nobody wants hepatitis. But the the vaccine is different. The vaccination for hepatitis is different than that. That some There was a time I worked at a company and somebody got hepatitis, so we all had to go in for, they called them GG shots, gamma globulin shots. Those were big shots we got in the tuchus. And uh, is that different than the vaccine? Yeah, the gamma globulin are to, if you get infected, they, they're antibodies that neutralize the virus. Um, they're very different than immunization against the virus. It's the difference in COVID-19 against the vaccine versus the monoclonal antibodies after you get the infection. Oh. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, That's a good explanation. We've all gotten educated now about the immune system since uh, COVID-19, so you can give explanations like that. I just remember having to walk like a very tall Texan for a couple of days after that shot. That was a big shot. I'm not used to that, Doc. Um, it, is a, it, it is a big shot. Yeah, big pain in my... Well, never mind. Uh, while we're in the food and nutrition area, let's talk about that. Um, so many things in here uh, that catch my attention. Number one is the third item on your list, the health benefits of blueberries. Blueberries are everywhere at the farm stand these days, and we're putting them a handful in everything uh, just because they're so damn good. What, what are some of the good benefits of blueberries? Well, again, what you want to do is right before you eat them, don't eat them out of the bucket, wash them. Because all of the blueberries, whether grown organically or not, need to be washed clean of anything. So, but blueberries, a cup has 24% of your daily requirement of vitamin C, hmm. vitamin K, 36%, manganese, about 25%. It's got a lot of fiber, so it's got 14%. It's got about, um, if you will, four grams of fiber per cup. Um, and it, um, because it's soluble fiber, it binds bile in our gut, help removes that and get rid, lower your cholesterol level. Wow. It, um, in studies, lowers your blood pressure. And most importantly, it's only one of the two foods, and I've got a test for you on this, Michael, since I've, I've talked to you about this before. It's one of the only two foods that raises your in-cell antioxidants. So Antioxidants in food are okay. They aren't bad. They just aren't the powerful things. Antioxidants inside your cell, which are just glutathione, SOD, or catalase, are the keys to increase. And blueberries increase glutathione. 
what other food does hmm. that? Um, uh, dark chocolate. Um, close, but no. Mm. The other food that does that really is coffee. Oh, coffee. So uh, I'm not getting that because I'm a tea drinker. So I. Well, tea, tea does it as well. Okay. Um, we think. Um, there just aren't as many studies on tea, but we think tea has the same benefits. Okay. Well, hopefully I'll, I'll continue. It's just I'm not a coffee guy, but that's very cool. So blueberries and it, with your cup of coffee and your breakfast, pretty good thing for you. Or with a salad at lunch or with a salad at dinner or as a snack in the mid-afternoon. All of the times, blueberries are good. Hey, Doc, I used to freeze grapes uh, so that I could have something in the hot summer days to snack on that was kind of a cooling and low-calorie snack. Can you freeze blueberries and grapes, and does it have the same health benefit? It does, and uh, I'm going to give a plug again to Costco. I don't own any stock in Costco. don't have any relationship with them, but they have these frozen organic blueberries. I think they're grown in... uh, Rhode Island or in Massachusetts, someplace like that. But they are fantastic. And so we use those year-round, even when out of season, they taste great. They're already frozen, so you can get a cool snack if you want it, just having them frozen. But even better, uh, you can thaw them and use them in uh, your uh, um, waffles or in your uh, pancakes or on uh, salads again or whatever you want. Uh, blueberries, magic, who knew? Get you some blueberries, people. And like my my grandmother used to say, eat them while they're cheap. You know, in the summer months, they're a lot cheaper than they are in the winter. So get them now. Uh, let's talk while we're still talking food, Doc. That combination of food and sleeping better is something I'm interested in. You're, you have a, an item here about six foods that will help you sleep. Help me. Right. Whole grains. So what you don't want, let's first go, what you don't want is saturated fat and foods with sugar. They raise your blood sugar level, lower your blood sugar level, and they make sleep, your brain not go to sleep. Things that do, whole grains, lean proteins, Heart-healthy fats like um, omega-3s and olive oil, omega-9. Foods high in magnesium. Um, magnesium helps when sleep, so it is, um, if you will, leafy green spinach, nuts, seeds, avocados, and black beans, as well as mushrooms. Um, and of the beverages, it is uh, the tea you have or... Um, if you will, warm milk, mother was really right. And then fresh herbs and the snacks, there are five snacks, um, if you will, a banana and low-fat yogurt, low-fat cottage cheese, peanut butter that's 100% peanut butter, no sugar added, a apple um, and tart cherry juice. All of those, the tart cherry juice increases melatonin levels, but all of those are good things. Hmm. And the key is not eating within three hours of bedtime. Tough in America often, but that's what should happen. So you can eat this stuff, but you have to eat it three hours ahead of when you're planning on going to sleep. That The key is always whatever you eat, 
finish your eating three hours before sleep time. Okay, well, that's good to know. And that uh, the the um, the the snacks there, the banana, yogurt, cottage cheese, hundred percent peanut butter, tart, ter- cherry juice. That's all stuff that's out there readily available, and stuff you can replace like ice cream with easily, and then get better sleep. And that's a great thing. Uh, one more here while we're in the food area, Doc. While we're, while we're here and yeah. while you're uh, cooling, you can mash a banana, freeze it, um, put it with a few grapes, and have a, a grape banana ice cream, but without any ice cream or sugar at it. Wow, that's a good idea, especially as those bananas are starting to get a little soft and brown. Mash them up, put them in the freezer, and then put them with all this other stuff. Good idea. Well... I guess that's why Dr. Michael Roisin is here every week. He's, he knows what he's talking about. And you have to pronounce this for me. When we're talking about foods to eat and avoid, what in the heck is the hydronitis superativa diet? Well, um, what that is, is that's a infection under your, in your armpits, if you will and uh, causes increased both um, odor and production of uh, sweat in the armpit areas. And what the diet is, is one that says, here's how to decrease um, that sweat and that odor. And that's what that diet is. And it's basically a Mediterranean diet does that. So this is a diet that'll help you if you're on the Mediterranean diet. It'll help eliminate some of the um, uh, BO, body odor, and sweat? Yes. Wow. Well, that's a kind of a cool thing. <laughs> I'm going to have to post that. Well, I'll post, uh, I'll post the name when we post the uh, podcast on this. All right, Doc, i got a couple more minutes here. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Important thing, how much time is too much screen time for kids? Well, for kids, it's any time more than an hour a day is too much screen time if it's not doing, um, if you will, your work. But essentially, for kids um, under the age of uh, two years, it should be zero. Between two and five, it's less than an hour a day. And um, above the age of five, you want it to be as little as possible other than uh, going to school, which is meaning give them a limit of, say, two hours and give your eyes a rest. So remember how when we were kids, our moms threw us out of the house and we had to play uh, football, touch football or throw balls or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's probably, and, and even kick soccer balls now, um, that's probably a really good thing uh, that they did, and avoiding the screens was a good thing. So under two hours for um, five to 13-year-olds, uh, uh, hour, an hour from two to five, and under the age of two, zero. It's so hard to do. I know so many parents who say they've got screens everywhere in their life, not just TV, but they've got phones and pads and all this stuff, so it's really hard. And I, I just say, when we were kids, we could not wait for that door to open and we would escape like, like banshees into the neighborhood and not return until the streetlights came on or until the dinner bell rang. 
And that was the greatest thing. It's different now. Kids are riding the couch all day and glued to the screen. And the sedentary life, as well as the stress on the eyes, has got to be changing the way we're... I'm seeing people, Doc, walk now, you know, looking at their phones as they're walking in the city. And I'm wondering if 300 years from now we're going to dig up all these bodies and say... Why did women and men start having curved spines or their necks were bent? And I'm going to blame it screen time that we need to get away from the screen time. And I'm just I'm hoping I'll be around to see it because of your book, The Great Age Reboot, that I'll be living a couple hundred years to see all this. Is that going to happen? Um, I unfortunately um, posture is one of the sacrifices and there are a number of, of things you can do for posture that, in fact, we go into in the Great Age Reboot Ooh. book. Oh, great. But, uh, so you're, ta- you're talking my language. Oh, very good. Well, then the closer we get to it, we'll sneak out some tips ahead of time. In the meantime, people can go to Amazon and order, pre-order the Great Age Reboot from Dr. Michael Royce, and it's coming out September 13th. And in the meantime, Dr. Royce will be with us pretty much every week especially on Wellness Wednesdays. My friend, thank you for all the great information. I'm going to go have me a big bowl of blueberries. Perfect. And I'll, I'll do that um, on a salad tonight. 